Welcome to the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. This is the Golf Show on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM on that particular dial. 740thefan.com is the web address. Huge show today. Every show is huge, but this is a big one. Uh, first of all, in studio, the, the best combination of rock star golf pro you could ever think of in the Fargo-Mart area, Mark Johnson. Well, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, That's a yeah. heck of a compliment. Yeah. And also on the phone, somebody who can play the game a little bit better, Tom Hoagie joins us. Hello, Tom. How are you? Hey, guys. How's it going? Well, great. Uh, pleasure to have you. Big, big week coming up with the Masters. And uh, let's not fool around here. I mean, I'm sure the vibe's getting going. What's the feeling as you uh, are taking this week to practice, obviously? But uh, what's going through your mind? Uh, yeah, just excited to get out there. Um, you know, it's been kind of on the focus here for the last few months, and there have been a lot of big terms that we've been playing, but, um, you know, it's certainly always one eye towards the Masters, so it's fun that it's uh, coming up here close. When you're when you're cranking it up this week, are you, are you practicing, Tom, on something particular when you're thinking about Augusta next week? Is there something about that course? Is it the short game? Is, is there a particular part of your game that – needs a little more attention this week um you know a lot of a lot of what you're what you have to do around Augusta is hard to practice for with their short game shots um, around the greens just because the speed firmness of the greens and then um the way they mow the grass into the green is not something you can really practice at home so not a lot there so uh for me you know i'm just trying to um you know kind of focus on the you know kind of my usual fundamentals of the golf swing, make sure that's in order, and then when I show up on property on Monday, that uh, try to zero in more on the short game stuff when I get there. Tom, I got a question for you uh, as far as the specifics on that golf course. Uh, you know, it's been it's been uh, written about. They've added some length to the 13th hole, the par 5. Uh, severe dog leg left. What's your? Have you played it with the new length? Have you been able to get in there to have a practice round? And how does that whole change? Um, I watched the tournament forever, and it seems like the longer we've gotten, players have gotten that that drive has gotten a little trickier to navigate that corner. In some ways, could it be a little easier to navigate, but leaving you a longer shot into the green? What's what's your take on that? Yeah, so I haven't been out there yet to see it. Um, you know, we played it last year. The wind was primarily into off the left, which is the hardest win for that hole. Um, and there's a spot up in the trees that I thought I could just take driver right over and have it fall a bit right. And the first day, it, it didn't move right with the wind and ended up with a lost ball because it hit the trees and fell down in the in the plants there and couldn't find it. So, you know, I look at the hole that uh, the tee shot's probably a little bit easier, a little more straightforward. So you always felt like you had to turn it around that corner and be pretty aggressive. Um Whereas this year you might just hit something straight out there and, you know, you might have a little longer shot in. It might be a, 
hybrid or three wood this year instead of a you know four iron to hybrid before but um you know, it might almost play a little bit easier, and you might be forced to lay up a few more times that, you know, could actually end up helping the scores. It was a hole that last year I really didn't play very well, so uh, the change might be might be a good one for me. Now that you've had some time to evaluate, last year was your first time at the Masters, of course, and, and now you've had time to reflect. Uh, are you going to play any of the holes different? Would you do something different this time around? No, I wouldn't do anything different. Um, you know, I've always felt like a big strength of mine is uh, short irons wedge play and that I was pretty bad there last year to be honest with you you know like I said it's a unique place they always mow the grass into the grain so um, you know there's a lot of factors into the grain a lot of slope in the fairways that you're hitting off of and it was windy last year so there were a lot of factors at play and I felt like I was pretty bad there last year so I feel like if I can clean that up that uh, you know I feel like it's a place that should suit me pretty well. Tom Hoagie is the guest. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show on 740. The fan coming to you from Gutterson Jewelers Studio in Fargo. Tom, last week, the world match play. Uh, Here's another testament to how unfair golf can be. You go minus 5, minus 3, minus 3, and then 0-3. It's just not right. What's what's your thought on that format? I know there's been some discussion on whether that's, uh, you know, do, do players like it or not? I think it's fun to do once a year like that. Um... I'm not a big fan of that golf course that we played, and it's the last year there, so I'm, that's a nice change for me as well. But um, you know what? That's just the nature of match play. It was it was a weird deal because I walked off each round pretty frustrated that I lost, but um, I had to keep in mind that if that was a stroke play tournament, I'm probably right in contention heading to the fourth round, so um, certainly kind of weird. And then I came home here actually and played on Sunday in our little game at Mira Vista, shot 61, which tied the course record, so. <laughs> I'm certainly certainly feel like I'm playing pretty well, but uh, didn't have a lot to show for it there last week. Yeah, and then Shoffley, you're one up on Shoffley, and he hits a rock on 17 and bounces. Sometimes it's not your day. I mean, or your weekend. Yeah, and you know, for three days in a row, that was probably um, I don't know the, the the breaks the guys had the two days before that were even worse than that. So uh, <laughs> oh, certainly wasn't right. certainly wasn't my week, and uh, you know, I just try to take the positives from it that I played pretty well and. Um, just try to keep improving on that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the match play, Tom, uh, for the viewers, uh, you know, really through through Sunday morning, it was it was uh, fantastic uh, viewing. Of course, you're always looking for the marquee names in there and, and good quality golf, and, and we had that. Uh, with it only being once a, once a year, uh, do you see, with the changing – changing to a different venue um do you do you see the money being something that is needed to keep guys interest in in this will there be guys because of the nuances that you know you could play well and you and you and you don't make it very far or, or get it to those final final matches do you see it, it with the change of venue is there is there dollars that need to be increased on, on this as well to assure that guys are going to stick with this format um, I mean, it was a $20 million purse last week. So the money was certainly there. Uh, so, um, you know, Justin Thomas, the other guy still skipped it. But I don't know what the answer is. I know it's a tough sell for TV when you get down to the final four guys or so and they're only playing on Sunday. Um, and I know the, I think the bigger thing is the PJ Tour is kind of letting these World Golf Championships die out and transition to their right. new uh, designated event structure for next year. So, I'm hopeful that maybe we take a year off and the match play comes back. So I think it is a great event, and um, you know, like we saw this last week, you know, it was it was close to having that Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler showdown of the championship that we wanted to see, and uh, it was 
exciting to watch as a fan, so I'm hopeful that we can keep that on the schedule. I want to switch gears to the Live Tour. 17 guys from the Live are going to be playing in the Masters, Tom. I, I feel like it's died off. It, it just really hasn't been a thing. Um, is, is the Live, is it a thing anymore for, for the PGA Tour players? I, I just don't hear a lot of talk about it anymore. Uh, yeah, I would say it still is a thing for sure, but um, I think that everybody's kind of at peace with what's happened, and we're all just moving forward at this point. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk in the off season that they could get some bigger name guys to sign, and with the changes that the PGA Tours made, uh, more money in the pot, and uh, kind of really catering to these top 25, 30 players in the world that really uh, make a difference. I think those guys are pretty happy in the PGA Tour now, so I don't really think anybody else will will jump ship at this point. So, you know, this is kind of what we've got. We've got two different competing tours, and um, kind of the way we go. You know, they're playing on the CW now, so a little bit harder to watch and you know it's been weird but you know i hang out around our golf course here and most of the week these live guys are playing you know the general the general golfing public's really unaware that those events are going on so uh certainly interesting to watch as it unfolds yeah tom i i agree with that take i think the general general public's having a hard time um it's not as convenient to consume that product and and uh so i i don't think it's 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 caught on nearly the way that they had hoped i i have a question about just the you know the nuts and bolts of being at a tour event let we'll just say major obviously the gust is coming up and you have a live player and a Maybe they're both outspoken players, one from Live, one from PGA Tour, and they happen to be either paired together or hitting balls next together. Golf's a gentleman's sport. I fully anticipate there wouldn't be any issues, but is there a scenario where you could see perhaps some uh, back and forth that goes beyond the just the golf? I think it would really have to take the right two guys. I think that, I think, you know, my thoughts personally are you can certainly understand why guys have made the move. Um, you know, so much money is being thrown around that uh, you can't fault anybody for going and taking it and doing what they feel is best for their family. So I, I get that side of it. So, um, you know, I've gotten, I've got nothing personal held against those guys. So I think that, you know, golf's a, golf's in such a bigger spot than this that, uh, you know, it won't be a huge deal next week and things will go, will go off kind of as normal. But, you know, they they do have these lawsuits going on against the PGA Tour and kind of against us us players. So, in a way, it is personal still, and, uh, you know, I'm sure some guys will feel a little stronger than I do. We're going to take a short break. Tom Hoagie is a guest. This is Jeff Kopak on the Golf Show 740 The Fan. On 740thefan.com is the podcast. Log on anytime. We'll be back right after this. I saw you look at me and wonder if I noticed We're back. This is the Golf Show on 740 Fan. This is Jeff Kopak coming to you from the Gunnarsson Jewelers Studio. Show presented by Michelob Balter. Mark Johnson in studio. We're going to talk with Mark Moore on Sweet Shots and other things in the final two segments. But first, a few more minutes with Tom Hoagie. Tom, um couple words have been on my mind. I don't know if they're on your mind, but they're, they're certainly in our mind, and that is Ryder Cup. Um, thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I would desperately love to be there, so I'm trying to play as well as I can each week. And, you know, I was kind of right near that bubble last year for the President's Cup and uh, didn't have the, quite the summer that I was hoping for to play my way onto the team, so I was relying on a pick and ultimately didn't get picked. But just being that close... Um, 
that was a tough one. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to play well this year and really try and make it back there. So, you know, it's it's fun to start thinking about, but at the end of the day, that's such a long time off that I've got to keep playing well for, for a few months here now. And that's how you do it, right, Tom? You do it week by week, and then the body of work, when you get to that point, uh, hopefully is enough to, to get it done. Um, I'm personally pulling for you probably more than others only because i i have plan i'm gonna be there oh i'm excited to be the golf show correspondent yes we can do a live live remote from from rome um we happen to be uh, parlaying a family trip uh, to europe over the over the time uh, rider cups there so uh obviously pulling for you tom how about any uh should zach johnson's the captain and he has six picks six autos should we start sending him gifts at this point, or what? What should be the angle? <laughs> what can we do? <laughs> yeah, send him a lot of Iowa Hawkeye stuff. He might yeah. appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think anything could help at this point. Um, and I've been fortunate to play with Zach a couple times this spring already, so it's been fun to start talking Ryder Cup a little bit with him and uh, what he expects for Rome. And um, you know, it's going to be a great week over there. So. I've got a lot of work to do to try to get there, for sure. You know, there is a North Dakota connection with Zach. He came up and played the Open, the Bobcat, a couple times. Oh, he did, yes. He did, yeah. I forget uh, I forget the years, maybe four and five, roughly, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably weren't playing yet, Tom, right? When was your first year playing as an amateur in that? No, I would have been playing in those for sure. Oh. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't remember running into Zach at all then, but uh, obviously wouldn't have known who he was at that point. Well, one year, you might want to be careful. One year we returned a check to him because he didn't make it out of the Monday qualifier, oh. sadly <laughs> enough. So don't, don't bring that up. All right, don't, don't bring yeah. that one up. Yeah. Yeah. Just whatever we can do. Hey, I got another personal note. I was down at the, at the WM Phoenix Open, and I was on hole 16 on Thursday when you came through, and I don't know if you remember this, but uh, you tried to throw the ball after you holed out. Uh, you up in the stands, and it came a little short. <laughs> so I, I take it you weren't a, a 90 mile an hour baseball pitcher, or was the arm a little sore then? Well, I was uh, I was in rough shape that day. I had some sort of a stomach sickness the night before, but uh, that one was more the ball stuck in my hand a little long and came off a little low and hot. I'm glad it I'm glad it hit the railing. So that might have taken somebody out in the first row. <laughs> well, I know. I, I you started on ten and, and we were following you for a little bit and and after eleven you're sitting down on the tee box. I'm going. I just my go. He is. He must be sick. I mean, this is you don't you didn't look good, and but you toughed it through. I mean, that was that couldn't have been easy. Yeah, it was uh, it was a tough couple of days, and then you know with with the way the delays worked there, uh, we only played like nine holes on Thursday, so it was twenty seven holes on Friday, and I really hadn't ate anything in two days at that point so uh that was a long day for me and uh didn't play very well down the stretch but easier to make the cut but um that's always a crazy tournament and uh one that i look forward to so that was a rough time for that tom when we're looking at how you're playing this year i i think i glanced and 15 events you've been top 25 uh roughly 50 percent of the time i think seven 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 times out of those 15 starts 20, top 25 uh finishes with your success can you can you point to one significant event me at the win at pebble or what kind of uh got you to be the point that uh, you're one of the most consistent players on tour right now can you can you put your finger on something that happened that that made the difference no there's really not one thing um i mean i feel like it's kind of all built towards that you know enough failures out there that i've learned and matured a little bit mentally um i feel like i've you know i might kind of each part of my game's got a little better a little more consistent and 
you know, kind of really just the mindset that I've taken that, you know, kind of every decision I'm making, what's going to be the best for my golf. So a lot of it carries off the golf course and the gym, that sort of stuff. So it's really just a lot of very small gains kind of all across the board that have, that have kind of added up. Well, it's been, it's been amazing to watch. And I think one, one tournament in particular, um, the players championship, how mm-hmm. fickle golf is from the day one that you had uh, to day two. Can you talk us through uh, what's the mentality that you took to, 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 I think, was it 78 the first round? 78, yep. 78 and turn around and come back and course record at 62 one of the— 62 at one of the toughest courses in the world. Arguably, yeah. I mean, you could make that argument easily. What, what was your mindset there, Tom? Well, you know, I shot 78 the first round. I really didn't play that bad. Um kind of let a little bit of a poor attitude and uh, just let things get a little out of control that shouldn't have. Um, so, you know, I turned what should have probably been even part of two over and six over. So, uh, you know, I, I really didn't feel like I played that badly. And then, you know, I had booked a flight home because the chances of making the cut pretty slim at that point, uh, heading into Friday's round and kind of went out and for free wheel to chipped in for Eagle on the second hole, but kind of felt like I was in the game a little bit to keep me interested at that point. And, uh, you know what, things I was I was right near that cut line with about five or six holes to go and really started making a lot of good swings and kind of felt the kind of a swing key that clicked for me at that point. And, you know, I was just hoping to get a chance for Saturday because I felt like I could go out and play well. Obviously, I didn't think 62 was going to happen, but, um, you know, I was just trying to go out and move up the board as much as I could on that weekend because it felt like I had kind of a free chance making the cut right there at T65 on the number. Yeah, I think if one guy, I can't remember who it was, if he would have made his putt on 18, it would have put you out. But he missed, <laughs> so you're back in, and and that's just amazing how that works. I got a couple stats I want to throw at you, in in the PGA Tour, number one, you're number one in approaches from 50 to 125 yards, number one in round three scoring average. So those got to be, uh, those are those are two pretty good stats. I think that lend itself to being really a consistent player. I wonder your thoughts. Yeah. Um... You know, most of the season I've been right around number one for strokes gained approach, too, which is a little bigger stat that reflects more on iron play, which I've always felt is my biggest strength. So, um, you know, kind of like I said before, I've just tried to try to get a little bit better at everything, and uh, hopefully those small gains will keep adding up like they have. Um, and, you know, I think for me, you know, a biggest the biggest mindset that I have is just, you know, being close to a President's Cup, uh, making the tour championship last year, you know, you're always playing for something and every, every FedEx cup point at the end of the season, every world ranking point is huge. So, you know, just always trying to save a shot out there certainly adds up over the course of the season. Have you done anything different to your bag, your clubs, your putter, anything there? Not really. No, uh, everything's pretty much the same. My, my three would actually cracked on Monday at the players championships. So I got a new three wood in the bag. Uh, but, other than that, it's all pretty pretty much the same. What's going to take uh, for you to break through in the Masters here, to go one step further than you did last year? Um, I would say, you know, you've got you've got to have a, a good ball-striking week, but then it really comes down to the stuff on the greens. You know, that's where you separate yourselves in these big events. So, um, you know... It's hard to it's hard to wish that into happening. You just got to go in and put in a lot of work, and hopefully things come together just right for you. But you got experience now. That's got to make a difference. Just going going through yeah, that for once. Sure. Yeah, for sure. You know, I saw the golf course in a lot of conditions, um, and quite frankly, you know, I felt like I played pretty average last year, and 
and I finished terrible there to finish 40th on Sunday. So um, I certainly feel like if I go out and play well that I can could be there in contention out, out there on the golf course. Tom, best of luck. Thanks for joining the golf show. I always appreciate the time, and uh, it's been great and continued success. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Right, Fun to chat with you. All right, thanks. That's Tom Hoagie. This is Jeff Kopak, Mark Johnson's in studio. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more with Mark. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak. 7.40 a.m. is the dial, the fifth largest a.m. signal in the country. If that didn't make you nervous, I don't know what. Mark Johnson joins us in studio. It is so much fun to be here, Jeff. It's, yeah. It is the rite of spring. It is, even though. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Your your father, obviously, longtime high school golf coach. What do you think? What would he do? What would he tell his kids right now with with like five feet of snow on the ground? Well, you know, like a lot of coaches right now, they're they're scrambling. They're they're doing some work probably inside. They're fighting with the baseball teams and softball yeah. teams for Jeez. for uh, indoor space at the gyms and uh, getting creative, right? Mm-hmm. And that's uh, you know, some years it just happens yep. where um, you know we there's some years where we probably have the snow melted and we get on the courses the first part of April and then it snows and wipes us out again. So this is just extraordinary. Uh, with the amount of snow we still have, and it's anybody's guess when we're going to get outside. Um, but you never, you never know. Mother mm-hmm. Nature's been uh, is an amazing, amazing creature, and uh, we could we could melt this and be out there by. You know, it's hard to imagine looking at a ten day forecast, but it's hard to imagine that uh, anything's going to pop here in the next few three weeks. Got a note from the Dakota Junior Golf Association that uh, they're going to have a, and it's a good segue as you, the general manager of Sweet Shots in South Fargo, they're going to have an event, I believe, some sort of tournament. Uh, is that a done deal? Yeah, so yeah. we're scheduled April 18th to just try and help uh, these teams have some type of competition. Um, Bismarck's having it out in their uh, sports dome. Mm-hmm. They also have a top tracer uh, technology where we'll actually play. We're going to host uh, on Tuesday, the 18th of April. We'll host a meet for the Eastern Dakota Conference teams where it's going to be six players count four, just like a normal golf tournament. They, they're going to play 18 holes stroke play mm-hmm. and uh, give them a little competition. Yeah. And uh, the thing with our facility, we have it's virtual golf. So you you're actually seeing full ball flight, and it's then um, that image is put on a golf hole, a virtual golf hole. So you're not hitting into a screen. The kids are going to actually hit a hit a full length shot. So we haven't determined which course we're going to play yet. Mm. We don't want to beat them up too much, like throw them <laughs> on Beth Page Black or anything. But we might have some fun, Tory Pines or so, or something okay. like that. And at least they'll have something uh, for a little bit of competition, and then hopefully they're at, shortly thereafter they'll be, they'll be outside and. And, and on a golf course somewhere. So Tell our listeners how you actually score it. How do you finish the hole? I mean, you can drive it and everything. You can hit your 100-yard shots, but how do you finish it? Sure, yeah. You're not going to putt off yep. the second de- deck, <laughs> so they replace putting with, with a pitch shot. Okay. So, uh, for example, Jeff, if you hit your approach shot from 100 yards, say, and you hit it in there to 10 feet away from the hole, mm-hmm. you're... Uh, pitching to the same target, uh, the 47-yard target, and but the circumference that you need to land that ball changes with how close you hit your approach shot. So a 10-footer, you might you might be able to hit it within 30 feet of that 47-yard pin. If you if you pitch the ball to inside 30 feet, 
you're going to be rewarded a birdie. Mm -hmm. So you had a shorter birdie putt. Now, if your approach shot, say you stuffed it to two feet, you might have 60 feet uh, circle to land your ball, and that would be a birdie. But if you hit your approach shot to, say, you know, 40 feet away from the pin, you might have a two-foot diameter to make a birdie. It's still possible, but much like a 40, 50-foot putt, it's very unlikely. So we find that the odds, it works out to be, somebody did the math, somebody worked on that. Somebody smarter than us? Yeah, somebody Imagine spent that. some time doing it, but it it tends to work out. Our league players at first are kind of like, what? We're going to do what? And then when it, you know, some days you go, yeah, you know what? I putted or pitched really well today, and I made some birdies. And if you don't, you're you're going to make some pars or bogeys. So when you built this facility, when you were in the design phases, was this even a part of? Was this was this a thought, or just kind of come up? Hey, we got this facility. Let's try to do something here. Well, we pivoted from your traditional golf entertainment site, like a Top Golf uh, or other those other brands. We our first floor, we really did try and cater to the golfer so we're using a real range ball our field is longer than a typical top golf it's 250 yards you know putting the indoor sims doing some of the launch monitor training academy things like that we really tried to indoor putting we tried to um cater to the golfers mm-hmm. and um this time of year of course yeah they're without an option to play outside they're they're coming in um we, we host competitions for the area golf courses scrambles and things so we able folks that are looking you know they want to get out their golf they're not able to maybe go on a, a quick trip south uh, the courses aren't going to be open for a while yep come on out and kind of scratch that itch and and do a little something anyways uh the calendar says we should be getting close but uh it doesn't look like it's there I think slightly over year one of you being open. Give us a review on year one. What's the the highs? Is there something you need to improve on? Something unexpected? Yeah. Give us give us a. I mean, it's it, we've never had this before. No, and twelve we learned every month was different. We learned that the majority of majority of our guests are non golfers. Um, and you can, and, and I just, when you watch golf swings across the tee line, you realize there are a lot of people, this is the first time they've ever picked up a golf club, which is really fun from a PGA learn, learn the game standpoint and grow the game. Love the fact that we're introducing the game mm-hmm. to a lot of new people. And uh, whether that means they end up being members at Edgewood or Rose Creek or the country club, maybe, maybe not, but at least we've introduced it to them and it might be something they, they find they enjoy with friends and family. So that's, that's been a lot of fun to see. You know, the winter is a challenge. Nets mm-hmm. going down in November. They were designed to release that way, the clips, so the poles don't break, but you know, a rainstorm where they took that vertical load of load of the uh, of the ice storm. It's just it's not meant to mm-hmm. stay up during that. So they released as they should, but we were out for almost a couple of weeks. Um, December was extremely cold. January is January, and actually February was a little better than we thought it was going to be. And now March en- ended up being miserably uh, wintry and and uh, cold. But we're we're doing fine. People are still coming out and yeah. realizing you can. You can still have some fun, even if it's kind of chilly out, and um, it's something to do. And we're all looking for something to do uh, in the winter. When I did the story on it about a year ago, I was there, and I think it was row oh, thirty, maybe twenty-eight degrees or something. And I thought, okay, this is a test to see, okay, is it warm enough when you're out in the bay? Because I still think people need to. It's like it's cold out here. No, but they're literally heated. Okay, and it's and have you found that? 30, 20, 10 degrees is people, it's done as designed? 
Uh, yes, we did lower our heaters over where you sit okay. so that the radiant heat uh, keeps you a little warmer. Mm-hmm. There's a huge difference between 20 degrees, 20 to 25 degrees, and 5 degrees. So I know on paper that's 15 degrees, right? Yeah. 5 minus 20 minus 5. But in the absorption of the radiant heat, it's a big, big difference. So at 5 with no wind, you can be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, at 20 with no wind, you're turning the heaters from high to low, maybe 25 <laughs> high to low. Mm-hmm. When the the wind is a factor, so we're we've also gotten creative through uh, just by need necessity to try and stop that wind from from um, blowing through, and it, and uh, it's helped. It's helped quite a bit. So we learned a lot this winter, and then we haven't even talked about removing snow from the field. I got and, it on the list here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, to remove that snow uh, in a timely fashion, so we're not leaving balls out in snowbanks and we do have thousands of balls in the snowbanks but we would hand pick at night if there was snow that was uh too deep for the picker to pick mm-hmm. and those were things we knew it was going to happen but how do we navigate it how do we work through it and it's been a lot of fun uh learning but you know something those pickers the mm-hmm. golf picker it'll yeah. pick pick balls in about an inch inch and a half of snow hmm. which surprised me i because yep. we always closed down before it snowed Yep. Mark Johnson is a guest. Mark from Sweet Shots and the indoor and indoor. Well, it is indoor. I mean, indoor, outdoor. It's indoor, outdoor in South Fargo. It's how many golf balls do you think are, how many do you order in a year? How many? I mean, yeah, it was astronomical. It was a contest when I went around and spoke to service groups and things like that, kind of introducing what we are. I have no idea. So let me guess. Yep. You take a guess. How many balls did we place in that initial order? 30,000. It's a hundred thousand. Oh, jeez, a hundred thousand balls. Wasn't close. Yeah, a hundred thousand balls, and uh, I'm sure we've lost some due to uh, folks thinking they're going to get a collector's item or whatever, and that's fine. That's some advertising on a wall somewhere. Yeah. Um, but with the winter, I know some have made it out into a snowbank. So the big question is, how many of those hundred thousand are we going to find in the field where we piled up all the snow? Um, and I think there's going to be. 5,000 balls out there, maybe maybe more. But um, it's it's been a lot of, uh, you know, adjusting on the fly. Mm-hmm. When is it going to snow? Oh, it's going to snow at 9 o'clock tonight. Well, guess what? We had a full day of hitting balls. We're going to have to get these balls picked up before 9 o'clock, not at our normal 10 o'clock. So it's been a game of adjustments, and sure. it's 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 been a lot of fun. Your lower level is a lot of teaching stuff, I believe. A lot of it's it's more of like academy kind of stuff. Uh, how has that gone in the in the last year? Yeah, it's gone very well. Our learn to play programs for adults uh, fill up. Um, we keep offering them, you know, every every few weeks. Our youth programs, you know, last summer we had a hundred and four girls in our LPGA program that Kari Widener led. Hundred and four. That's, that's that's fantastic. You know, those are those are girls. Some may have may be at another course two taking lessons but that's a lot of uh, introduction to the game that uh, that w- we see is just a huge benefit and that was kind of the vision when we created that area and you you knew my dad he before he passed we told him you know dad we're going to have some space where we're going to teach kids the game and he that was a passion of his mm-hmm. so every time we host a, a youth group 
you know, we really we know he's smiling down, thinking, uh, and we know that we're doing we're doing good by yeah. him and what what golf uh, what his goal with golf was in our community. So, um, our learn to play programs have been very strong, and and again, I hope that we're building the golfers so that they can then go to the golf course. They feel more comfortable, they're more knowledgeable, um, because it is intimidating when you run out to Edgewood or Rose Creek on a Saturday morning and you got folks waiting for yeah. you. Well, yep. we're going to teach you so that when you do have that experience, you're going to be a little bit more comfortable and be able to be able to navigate that yeah i saw on twitter where you partnered with dakota junior golf on a free bay right we do for kids um all you have to do is call and let us know you're coming there's a there's a bay there's actually two bays um reserved for kids based uh partnership with dakota junior golf association uh chris geis uh leads leads that group um and they are really doing a fantastic job primarily they've had a focus on the western central and western part of the state but you're going to see more presence down the eastern part of the state and uh, we're happy to partner with them last Mm -hmm. saturday we we did a club club deal folks bought clubs uh at cost through the dakota junior golf association came and picked them up and then got some passes to come back for lessons so we're really going to emphasize uh you know growing the game through youth awesome we're going to take a break when we come back mark and i we're going to handicap the masters and uh you know don't don't bet the house on it but we're, we're going to give it a shot this is jeff kopak this is the golf show on 740 the fan brought to you by gunderson jewelers studio back after this Drop them in the sand trap, spray them left and right and long. You gotta drop them in the sand trap, spray them left and right and long. Final segment, welcome back. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show on 740 The Fan. Mark Johnson is the guest in studio. We had Tom Hoagie on at the beginning of the show. Tom, Mark, is the latest odds I see is 100 to 1 to win the Masters. He's right along with Bubba Watson, Gary Woodland, Adam Scott. I mean, pretty good company there. It's good company. I would, uh, boy, I would think Tom has a better shot. I would think so too, Bubba. Yeah, but but I, I, Bubba's on the live tour. I haven't. I have no idea right, what these live keep, guys are doing. Exactly. <laughs> it's hard to keep tabs on those guys because we, we're not seeing them. Um, course knowledge is huge, so I could see where you lean towards. The, Bubba there, but I mean, we heard it straight from Tom. He didn't even play well his final, you know, finished forty fortieth, and it's it's he's going to be rewarded. Ball strikers are rewarded there, and then to get over the hump is going to be putting. And he and he mentioned it. You can't wish it to happen. You actually have to go out there and do it. But um, I think if that's one one area that might hold him back is going to be you know around the around the greens there, but. I like hundred to one on Tom. Yeah, I was look, looking at his stats. He's actually got pretty high in putting on PGA stats. I'm trying to find it here. Eighth, eighth in putting average. Yeah, on the PGA know, Tour, that's pretty good. And we did get a chance to ask him about you know his caddy's been really instrumental in helping him improve his putting. I think you'll even hear the commentator say sometimes that his caddy is a fantastic green reader. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we don't see the they they show Tom when he's over his putt or approaching his putt. You don't see the work they're doing prior to that putt, and, and his caddy's vital part of his routine. They're not really showing Tom much. It, it took until the last few holes in the players before they figured out he's run, making a run at the at the course record. I mean, hello, producer. Just, I mean, it's not all John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler here. I know. I, I actually, I noticed that, Jeff, but I noticed more. I, it's in my mind, the bigger impact, he finished third. He went from yeah. hopping on a plane it's an incredible to story. third. 
at, they didn't they glossed over that. Like they, they spent more time talking about how much the putt cost him that he missed on the 18th hole, which was probably three hundred thousand dollars. That was their narrative on that, and it should have been this guy. This guy literally was mm-hmm. packing his bags to head back home, and he ended up tied for third. That's yeah. a phenomenal story. Yeah. I had Amy Olson in, in studio last week. I recorded a show that'll be, that'll be played next week because she starts her season the following week. And here's a, here's a new golf show thing as we're talking about her future. And I said, well, you've always told me you're not going to play till you're 50. And she goes, yeah, yeah, Grant and I are expecting. <laughs> so she almost broke. I said, you know, it's not going to play for two weeks here, but uh, uh, you, le- you let me know when you and Grant announce, but uh on the golf show, she broke the news that her and Grant are having a baby, and she's going to play up and through June, and maybe possibly July if she qualifies for the U.S. Women's Open. Oh, wow. But um, That's great. Yeah, it's a good story. She's just um, – and she told it like it is. I mean, she didn't have the greatest year last year and and um, taking it year by year. Yeah, so. yeah. Special person there. That's fantastic. Um, good for them. Yeah. I, I think for her – and I'd like to get your thoughts on this. When when you're coming off a year, and she had three or four just great, tremendous years in a row, and then she switched coaches. What she what, what's the biggest thing for her right now is just when she starts her tournament here in a couple of weeks. You know, get off to a good start, obviously, but um, I think uh, the confidence thing, right? Right. Anytime you make a, a swing change, it's going to take. You know, there's there's different levels of of accepting and 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 using that swing, right? You're in, you introduce the change, you you acclimate to it on the on the range. You see the results you want on the range. Then you go out and play golf with that change, mm-hmm. and then you go play golf in competition, and they're different. Yeah. Anybody that's worked on their game realized, yeah, the range game is different than the golf game. And then now, not only playing golf, now we're going to go play for a living mm-hmm. under some perceived pressure. Yep. So she's going to have to have she's going to have to have some heat some spotlight put on her to see if those swing changes uh work and and i've talked to her a little bit about it and she's 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 motivated by you know what it was time to try something different and um i i think she's she's an athlete and i i think having something new a couple different feels will uh, kind of spark something different yeah she for said her. she's never felt this good about her swing good at this point, so. yeah that's great that's couldn't right. happen to a nicer person and um, and again, all these tours, there's so many good players. It's oh, hard to goodness. compete at that level. Yeah. We are so privileged in our community and region to have two people that uh, that grew up in this area and are out there doing it because it just it just doesn't happen. A couple of minutes left with Mark Johnson. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show on 740 The Fan. We talked to Tom on the first half of, of the first half hour. Ryder Cup, what do you think his chances are here? Well, I, th- I think it's pretty good. I... Uh, I, I didn't want to ask. You him, could tell in his voice, so he it's it, he wants it bad. I he, mean, I, would, think I mean, he who does. doesn't? But I, I think he's just trying to do the right thing, and I got to play it a week at a time here. However, it's the Ryder Cup, right? And I, you know, I think the going to six picks versus four picks maybe hurts him. Would be my guess. I think he'd love to. All those players would probably just love to do it with their golf, so that there's not an interpretation whether I get along with the coach or if the coach thinks I'm playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
or the captain, I guess it's not a coach. It's a, it's a captain of the Ryder Cup. Um, you'd love to be able to just check that box that I played. I played to that level where they have no choice. They have to, they have to pick me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you let your golf do the talking. Uh, but I would think if he's, you know, they're going to automatic six get in. I would think if you're in that top, if you're the next two or three players and not in that six, 12 go. So if you're in position seven, eight, nine, maybe ten, I would boy, it'd be tough to not have the yeah, captain don't pick you. Ha- you. Don't you have to give a, a major a run here? Play well in a major. Yeah, I agree. That, that's got to make a difference. He's won in an iconic golf course. Pebbles, unbelievable. But yeah. I, I think yeah, if you could, if you could, uh, obviously show that he could play. Which the players, the the. The players and the players' championship, mm-hmm. they believe that's their fifth major, and it, yeah. you could argue it is. And for him to finish third there, that's a heck of a run. So now, yeah, just I think if he continues what he's doing, mm-hmm. he's it's going to be hard not to put him on that on that team. Yep. And uh, I want to have a fun time, maybe walking the the ropes in Rome, watching Tom Hogan. That'd, that'd be fantastic. That'd be outstanding. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Thank you, as always. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. It officially must be spring. It is. Your it show is. is on. It is. That's awesome. Mark Johnson, Sweet Shots, South Fargo. Check it out. It's always a good time there. I mean, my goodness, so much going on. This is Jeff Kopak. Thanks again for coming along. We'll be back next week. Amy Olson will be featured in our show. Until then, hit them straight.